The following audio is from The Grove Church. For more information about the church or to listen to previous sermons, visit our website at grove.church. Well, here we are, and uh, man, I just want to say it is good to be back. Some of you might have missed me. Some of you are like, good riddance, he was gone, and I'll have to deal with him again. But uh, anyways, um, no, a team of us were down in the Dominican Republic uh, for a couple of weeks there working on a school. And uh, of course, before that, we had another t- couple teams in Panama, uh, a medical team, and then a construction team. And man, we had a great time. It's always meaningful just to make a difference, again, connected to some schools and stuff. So it was awesome. And I want to say thank you for so many that maybe were praying for us at certain points along the way. Um, We appreciate that a lot, but it's always good to get back home, so it's good to be home. We're in a series called At the Movies, and um, Aaron did a great job as he opened us up a couple of Sundays ago going over Lego Movie, and then Ryan last week uh, talked about Indiana Jones, and that's always a fun one. But um, at the opening of our series, we put it out there on social media, you know, what is your favorite movie? Now, I know the caveat to that is that there's all kinds of, well, it depends on the genre. Is it comedy? Is it drama? Is it action? Is it, you know, whatever, westerns, whatever. Um, So I get that, but we got so many replies. It was so fun to read through. And of course, some people were all categorized, but um, there was like Gone with the Wind, Princess Bride, While You Were Sleeping, Shawshank Redemption, Lord of the Rings, Life is Beautiful, A Few Good Men, and on and on and on and on. But I would love to hear real quick, just by a yell, what, what is your favorite movie? Somebody just give me, give me, what is your favorite movie? Sandlot. Lego movie, what? Sandlot. It's a good one. Okay, somebody else? What? Tombstone. Okay, all right. The Notebook. Oh, The Notebook's a crier, man. That'll get you every single time. So I only watched it once. I'm like, really good? Can only handle it one time. Anyway, so... Back to the future. All three? All three. Yeah, they're all pretty good. Okay. Anyway, um, today I get to share about one of my favorite movies. And you might be wondering why on like the hottest day of the year does he have like a track jacket on? Somebody earlier was like, what are you going running after service or something? But the reason is because I was trying to look moderately respectable for Dedication Sunday. But the truth is I really just wanted to wear this. So I, I'm going to go ahead and come on. If you've seen, if you've seen The Sandlot, you're killing me, Smalls, is the phrase. But um, the movie The Sandlot is about a group of boys, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, um, based in the 1960s in Southern California, and they love the game of baseball. And it's one of my favorite movies, again, kind of lighthearted and fun, um, but they constantly play baseball over and over and over, and they practice in their favorite place. It's called the Sandlot, and it's basically around a bunch of houses. There's kind of a field, and it's kind of run down, but they love playing baseball in the Sandlot. Well, again, my shirt says, you're killing me, Smalls, and the truth is there's a guy named Scotty Smalls that moves into the neighborhood, and he's the new kid, and he doesn't know how to play baseball. So in an early scene, he's humiliated because what happens is he's trying to like make friends and be where they are. So he goes to the sandlot one day and kind of sneaks behind some bushes and, and, and they're, they're playing ball and he marvels at how good they are at baseball. Well, a ball gets hit in his direction and they kind of see him and go, hey, throw it back here. So he goes to throw the ball back. And if you've seen this scene, it is painful to watch because he's like, he picks it up and he's like, And then he goes to throw it, and it like lands five feet in front of him. And all the kids but one just start busting out, laughing, and he runs away, feeling like a complete 
idiot. Well, a little bit later, a couple days later, he's befriended by the one guy who didn't laugh, and his name's Benny Rodriguez. And uh, he's the best player of the crew. He's kind of the leader of the pack. And um, I love that, that he, he befriends Scotty Small. So here's a scene where you kind of see this picking up. I love how it's kind of a rough intro into the friendship world, but Benny is that bridge. And we see something similar in the Bible that I want to read for you. And um, Acts chapter 9 kind of gives us a picture. First of all, in Acts chapter 9, there's a guy named Saul who later becomes Paul, but a guy named Saul who, who's basically sent to help persecute believers in Jesus Christ. And he's sent with letters of authority to have Christians arrested and, and, and punished and beaten, gives the approval even of their death. And so here's Saul, and he's on his way on a mission to once again do that. And he has this encounter with Jesus in Acts chapter 9, where he's revolutionized, he's changed. And all of a sudden, he goes from persecuting the church to being an advocate for the Lord Jesus Christ. He's, he's sharing the gospel, and we pick it up in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 19. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among, who the, among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him, but Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. Now listen to this. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that he had spoken to him and how in Damascus he preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. And, and I read this and you go, well, come on, that's a stretch from the sandlot to what the Bible has to say. But the fact is, Scotty Smalls and Saul weren't exactly accepted by a peer group that they wanted to be accepted by. And here you have, and I love the picture of a guy like Barnabas. The definition, the name Barnabas means son of encouragement. And what he is, is he's a connector. He's a bridge builder like Benny Rodriguez in the movie. And Barnabas extends a hand of friendship to Saul, pulls him in, and introduces him to all of the disciples. And all of a sudden, he becomes friends with them. That is the power of friendship. And I want you to follow this. Paul wasn't accepted by the disciples. Scotty wasn't accepted by the group at the Sandlot. But Paul had Barnabas, and Scotty had Benny. Let me ask you this. When you were growing up, you can rewind a few years or decades or whatever. When you were growing up, what kind of kid were you? You think about the neighborhood maybe that you lived in or the apartment complex or wherever it is that you grew up. You think back to that time. And let me ask you, what kind of kid were you? Were you the kind of kid that when somebody new moved into the neighborhood, you were the one to knock on their door and say, hey, why don't you come and play? Or were you the kid that when somebody new moved in, you're like, hey, who's in on my territory? Why are they here? I don't want to befriend them. What are they doing here? What kind of kid 
were you, exclusive or inclusive? Let me ask this. How many of you moved from one place to another, from one city to another, or another state entirely, and you were the new kid on the block? Raise your hand. Not the band, a person, okay? So, sorry, terrible joke. Okay, you were, yeah, a lot of hands go in the air. You were the new kid. Let me ask you this. As you spent time in that place, or, or maybe it was this community or whatever, how much time did it take for you to build bridges and it began to feel like home? And what happened? More likely than not, it wasn't that you got familiar with where the you know, corner market was, the stores were, how the streets were, and where your school was. Chances are, if you've lived there for a length of time, it began to feel like home because of the people that were there, the relationships that were built, and somebody that probably extended a hand of friendship to you. Now, fast forward to now, and let me ask that question again. What about today? How, what kind of friend or, are you? How do you make friends? See, what happens is we, we grow a little bit older and, and maybe we're in a community for a while and all of a sudden we play the card of, well, my life is my life and I have a couple of friends, maybe not a lot of friends, but I'm good. And you don't look through the lens of people that are moving in. Even in the church, we do this. We, we kind of have our circle of friends and we have, you know, connected to who we're connected to and everybody else is just kind of out there and it is what it is. And we need to be careful we don't become settled in the relationships we already have, assuming everything is good because people are always moving in. Maybe it's at your workplace. Maybe it's somewhere in your community where you've noticed. Maybe you met somebody new at the Y. Maybe, maybe you're, you're at the park and you, you, you met somebody new as your kids are playing. You go, hey, I'm so-and-so. Your kid's over there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you strike up a conversation. What kind of friend are you? And have you created the bandwidth that builds bridges to other people? I've said for years, this place is not about showing up, waiting for the entertainment to begin. We want people to gather and enjoy hanging out in the lobby and coming into here, but, but meeting new people. And, and I realize when I say things like that, you go, yeah, that, some of you go, I, I should do that. I need to do that more. I gotta get better at that. And others of you go, but you don't understand. Psychology says I'm an introvert. I don't have to do that. Again, there's all kinds of cards we can play with it. But the warning is we are called to be bridge builders. I love the Benny role in this movie. I, 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 we all know that this world needs more Bennies. This world needs more people like Barnabas. People that can bridge gaps instead of creating them. Benny was a bridge to friendship with the whole group at the Sandlot. And, and Smalls was a different guy. He couldn't throw a ball. He couldn't catch a ball. He had his you know, shirt buttoned down, nicely tucked into his khaki shorts. He's a little different. He's got the, the big fly fishing hat with the long bill on it that we all go, why is he wearing that dumb hat? Okay, but Benny invited him into friendship and gave him the bridge to be accepted by the other boys. That's the power of invitation, the power of the idea of with others. Think for a moment about your best moments in life. Think about those high points that you celebrate. And maybe you go, well, that was my wedding day or the day I got my degree or the day I had a kid or my second or every one of my kids or, or whatever. Those days that you and I celebrate are days that we celebrate with others. It always involves somebody else. We don't celebrate all by ourselves. 
Think about a great birthday is meant to be celebrated by other people going, hey, happy birthday. I'm glad you're on this planet and today I'm reminded of it. And some of you go, no, no, I love my birthday all by myself. I don't want it to be celebrated. I'm up here rebuking myself because that's how I've done my birthday. I don't like my birthday. I don't want to celebrate my birthday. Bah humbug my birthday. And I'm putting my notes together going, yep, Lord, I get it. So this year, I guess I'm going to celebrate my birthday. <laughs> I know, it's like, practice what you preach. Fine, I will. Even if, even if I don't like it. When you receive an award or reach or accomplish something, isn't it better with other people going, hey, way to go. Glad you worked hard. Good job reaching that milestone. You think about marriage or weddings. Most people don't prefer to get married at a courthouse where there's a couple of witnesses you don't really know. Most people in their hearts want there to be a gathering of people you love that they can celebrate and yell congratulations and watch it kiss each other and go, woo! And they walk down the aisle and they go out to the car and we throw rice and you drive away. That's what we really want. Life's meant to be celebrated. Who are you enjoying life with? Which brings me to my other point. We are meant to enjoy life. Can we just say that? I, I realize that we go, well, wait a minute. There's this crisis happening in the world and that's going on and you don't know my personal situation, this news, and that's painful. And I'm not trying to downplay the fact that life is heavy and burdensome and we go through a lot of tough stuff. I'm actually gonna get to that here in just a moment, a little more specifically. I'm not trying to downplay that, but I'm simply here to remind us today on a beautiful, warm, sunny day where we go, it's too hot. And in three months, you're gonna be like, it's so cold and rainy that we can enjoy it. Stare at the sun for a moment, let it beat down on you. Go out to cock point and freeze your butt off in the sound trying to swim. Do something fun. Did I just say that? Uh-huh. Okay, anyway. I, I believe life is meant to be enjoyed. I do. I, I, you know, being on a, on a trip to the Dominican Republic, man, we had an incredible team. We did something incredibly purposeful and a bunch of our team members learned how to lay tile and they got two whole classrooms and a hallway done, which they're gonna open this fall. That's awesome. And, and there was a whole bunch of repainting that was done and kind of got a facelift with some paint. And we, we built an entire roof structure on the top of a building that they'll now be able to create an entire third floor of classrooms because our team came together and busted our tails into the evening some days where you're super tired and the sun's starting to go down. And man, we had fun. We had a great time, you know, jabbing each other, harassing each other, working hard, challenging each other, reminding each other to keep drinking water even though you keep drinking water. We had a great time. And then you know what happened at the end? We always do a fun day on our trips. And the last day, we drove to the Atlantic Ocean. And for the first time, I swam in the Atlantic Ocean. And that was fun too. And I went body surfing. And here's a picture of our team. And every one of those people, I have great memories. And a few of them, I didn't really know very well at all. And now I can remember moments with them over the last couple of weeks, enjoying a laugh with them, getting to know them, hear their stories. And, and even we had Panamanians join us in the Dominican Republic to help us. And it was incredible. We had so much fun. We enjoyed what was happening and it was purposeful. And then guess what happened? I got home last Sunday and, and I had four amazing kids that ransacked me and melted my heart when I got home. And I love that. Jump all over me, hug me, tell me you miss me. I missed you like crazy. It was fun. And, and guess what else? My wife wanted me to come back home. And 
Not because she was a single mom for 12 days either. Because she likes me. She re- Sally Field, she really likes me. I honestly, I talk about enjoying life. I love funny stuff. I, we talk about in our code, we will laugh hard, loud, and often. Nothing is more fun than serving God with people you love. Man, it's fun. I love what God is doing. I love this stuff, but I love funny. I'm the weird person in my family that, you know, you fast forward through commercials. Not me. I like to watch them because I like to see like, is that a funny one? Is it a serious one? How do they put it together? You know, who's acting in it? I actually pick out, just so you know, babe, they'll be on a TV show someday. They're going to be famous. Okay. And sometimes I'm right. Okay, I love watching commercials. I love funny commercials. I think one of the funniest commercials in the last couple of years I've seen was The Settlers. Anybody seen those? Direct TV, this is not an advertisement for Direct TV, but it is like those commercials were hilarious, The Settlers. In fact, I thought they were so funny that you should see them. So I got a couple of them. <laughs> These were my favorites that I saw. So here you go. I like to enjoy life, and I know things are, and I know life can be challenging, but my word, I believe that when Jesus talked about you and I having abundant life, it wasn't just like spiritual life that we can get to heaven, that's huge and important, and that's why Jesus went to the cross, but he also paid for the price that, that, that we can enjoy the life that we're called to live. And, and that's what we can, let me, let me say this, Proverbs 17, says this, laughter is a medicine. And if you're not familiar with that, there's even, you can go to the Cancer Centers of America and there's a link to one of their sites where they talk about a clinic of laughter because the power of laughter really is amazing. And so here's something I'm gonna ask every one of us, please bear with me, every one of us to participate in. I want your loudest, deepest belly laugh just for a few moments here, everybody together on the count of three. Can we do that? Is that okay? Ready? One, two, three. Come on. For, now, here's the deal. For some of you that didn't do it, you went like this. It's kind of funny. Because laughter's amazing. Let's be real here. We're going to do iHeart in a couple of days. It starts Tuesday. And if you haven't signed up, by the way, pick a day, pick a couple of days, do all week, whatever. It's going to be a blast. But you know what I've noticed about iHeart? Similar to the missions trip thing, is that when you serve with others, you create memories with others. And when you create, <laughs> I know what's going on. I'm trying my hardest to just keep going here. So now we're going to start laughing and just, okay. But at iHeart, I can think of some of my favorite moments are at sites where people are getting creative. And they're like doing bark wheelbarrow races to see who can deliver the most wheelbarrows of bark. And I remember last year I went to a site and, and they were trying to take freeze frame pictures, like jumping in the air with a, with a paintbrush to make it look like you're floating and painting. I'm like, that's awesome. How fun is that? And so I tried and I did my best and it was okay. But, but I also remember a couple of years ago, people are working at different sites and doing different stuff, and, and all of a sudden, during the week, at some point, I received a text with a picture in it of a site that three guys were working at along with another part of the team, and I get this text, I'm like, oh my word, but check this out, this is what I got. A couple of years ago, I heard. <laughs> Come on, that's like funny right there. Like, <laughs> for the record, they clearly weren't really naked, but they tried to make it look like they were, not to mention, they're at like a school, right? So this is like... All bad. But anyway, and two of them are teachers, but we're going to keep going. Okay, so. But over and over again, like this whole thing of like we are meant to enjoy life. 
And, and maybe you thought you were going to come to church, and if you're a guest today, you thought, well, probably act like we're dipped in pickle juice, and then we'll all leave sour. You know, I don't know. But life is fun. Life is meant to be enjoyed with other people. And we miss that sometimes. And we face serious things, and I get it. And I've prayed with a bunch of people this week who are experiencing pain and loss, and it sucks. But you know what? It doesn't mean that everything about our lives should be overshadowed by those moments necessarily. Yeah, those moments take over a season, but there's still an ability to enjoy our lives, and God has given us that. When you go back to the sandlot, you, you look at that role that, that Benny plays, and, and Benny's a bridge builder, and laughter is a bridge to friendship. When you can play a game, when you can laugh with someone, when you can have fun with people, it allows friendship to blossom, and that's where I want you to follow this. It's not all fun and games. See, real friendship, when you think about those people that you would consider today, that's my best friend, or those are my best friends, or when I was growing up, she was my best friend, or he was my best friend, and you think about what was it about them? Well, it probably started with something fun, kind of lighthearted, just a simple connection over surfacey things or whatever, but little by little, something happened. Little by little, trust was built. Little by little, real care develops, and little by little, burdens are shared. And that's where real friendship, the rubber meets the road. Galatians 6, 2, if you're taking notes, says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. It's our ability, yes, to laugh with people, to have fun together, to create memories, to, to serve and enjoy that type of stuff. But there comes a point where when life is hard, you can turn to those same people because you've built those connections and you can share what's tough. Hey, could you pray with me? Hey, here's what's going on. Hey, I don't know what to do. Hey, how would you handle? And friendship develops. A person isn't really able to just share the deepness of their hearts unless they feel comfortable with another person. As the movie hits its climax briefly, and I got to get through this real quick. As the movie hits its climax, a sandlot, um, Scotty, again, doesn't know a lot about baseball, but his stepdad is a memorabilia collector. And, and they go through, like, basically, a, they get, um, gather up, like, the change to buy one ball a day, and every day that somebody hits a home run, it goes over a fence, they're done. Because there's a legend of the beast on the other side of the fence that, according to their legend, has eaten over 170 people, Okay. And this dog is terrible, and every time a ball gets hit over there, like, they're done for the day. So a ball gets hit early in the day, and they're like, oh, man, we're done. Why'd you hit it so hard already? And, and Scotty steps up and goes, no, no, we're not done. I'll go get one. And he goes and gets one of his dad's memorabilia balls, but it's signed by Babe Ruth. But he doesn't understand it. He thinks, oh, Baby Ruth, some girl, whatever. So, so, so they play with the ball. It gets hit over the fence, and he's like, I need that ball back. That was like a special ball, according to my dad. He's like, well, why? He goes, I don't know, some lady signed it named Baby Ruth. They're like, Babe Ruth. So the, the movie's spent trying to get the ball back from the dog. Well, finally at the end, and I know I'm zipping through this, but at the end, um, Benny realizes that he's got to do something that nobody else has ever done. And that's where I'm going to show you this real quick and we're going to wrap up today. Come on, that's mean. We have copies available in the lobby. No, just kidding, we don't. I love that moment when Scotty Small says to Benny, Benny, you don't have to do this. And he turns to Scotty and says, yeah, I do. And my question for you as we end today is simply this. When you think about enjoying your life and when you think about the friendships attached to enjoying your life, 
Who is it that says to you, you don't have to do this, but because you're a friend, you say, yeah, I do. Or flip it around. And, 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 and who are, are you saying, you know, you don't have to do this, and their response to you, because they're a friend you enjoy life with is, yeah, I do. Who is that for you? Do you realize God wants us to have those people in our lives? And there may be individuals that live around you, that work with you, that you see at the park regularly, or they're simply around somewhere in your peripheral of your life that God might quicken you to go, hey, more than just letting them be a stranger over there, more than just some you know, outsider that you'll never know, the Holy Spirit might actually say, why don't you take a step? Why don't you build a friendship? Why don't you do something and let's just see where it leads. Father, today, God, I really do think that friendship and then enjoying our lives is something that you've gifted to us. And Lord, we struggle at times, whether it's insecurity, whether it's that, well, I am an introvert and I just doesn't, it's not so easy for me. God, whether we're just in our comfort zones because, hey, I've been part of this community for a long time and I've got all the friends I need, but to realize, God, that we are meant to be connectors, that we're meant to live like Barnabas, that we're meant to live like, like Benny, that God, even the, the fact that Barnabas and, and, and Paul, they took the first missionary journey, that friendship that was built that one day where they shook hands and Barnabas might have even been afraid, is he really gonna try to kill me? What a weird way to start a friendship. But God, look at what it became. Missions work that impacts us today. God, the value of friendship, creating memories, doing purposeful things together cannot be underestimated. But Lord, help us live that out in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Podcast. If you want to keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook or sign up for our e-newsletter at grove.church.